0: I have to admit, while I'm not all that surprised by the offensive struggles through two weeks, I am surprised that y'all are already asking for a new play caller. I suppose that's a question that needs answers, so it's a good thing. It's a weekly Wednesday mailbag edition of Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers,
1: your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and yes, Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me. Julian council on Twitter at Julian council where on Wednesdays throughout the rest of the regular season and probably not playoffs. I'll be answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions either at me or or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council to get those questions in for next week's edition of the weekly Wednesday mailbag right here on Locked On Panthers. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all in lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Y'all, the vibes are bad. The vibes are off. After a week one loss to the Falcons and a week two loss in prime time on Monday night football to the Saints, Panther fans are in a bad place. And I understand the NFL sells hope better than any league in the world, especially in our country. Everyone feels like going to the season that their team has a chance to be relevant and Panther fans Felt that way, whether they were wrong or right to, and I'm not going to say either way, but so far through two weeks, yikes, man, yikes. Things have not been great on offense. Defensively, big time thumbs up, but the injuries, eventually you feel like those are going to catch up to the Carolina Panthers, but the season is young. There's still 15 more games, 16 more weeks to go through until we find out who those 14 teams are going to be in the playoffs in January. So the Carolina Panthers season has not ended. They still have a chance and I'm here to try to pull you out from that sunken place back into a reality where you are not feeling as bad as you feel right now, but I also am here to give you some cold, hard truth. At least what I believe to be the truth. So, let's go ahead and do it. As y'all have plenty of questions for me, following the Carolina Panthers 0-2 start, and most recently, their 20-17 loss to the division rival New Orleans Saints. Starting off with, Tom, who says some of the Panther fans are acting like Manchester United fans on social media with all this negativity and expecting to win everything. Wide receiver room isn't the best. O-line has two starters out for maybe the season. New offensive scheme slash coordinator, rookie quarterback. The expectation should surely be a little lower. His question, though, is seems some fans want to see Thomas Brown calling plays. Do you think Frank Reich is going to hand over the play calling when we are losing like we are? I try not to laugh when he says they're acting like Manchester United fans. Because as a Liverpool supporter, I hate Man U and I hate their fans. So, if you're a Man U supporter, out of here. But I appreciate you listening to the podcast. Now, Man U supporters do have a right to be upset. For the last 12 years, they've watched their crosstown rival, who has largely been irrelevant in the history of football in Europe and over there in England, but then they ran into some Middle Eastern money and now they've turned into the best team in Europe. I can totally understand why they'd be upset. It's not like Man City has done it with one manager like, man, you did with Sir Alex Ferguson for all those years. They've done it with multiple managers and multiple great players, and now they're to the point where they finally won a Champions League, which made me sick, so I get why man you fans who like Liverpool are always expecting to win trophies and that they are the most historic two um clubs in England. So I get it. The Panthers, of course, have not had that success. They also haven't been around for that long. But the Carolina Panthers have gone to two Super Bowls and lost both of them, as we know. The Carolina Panthers did have a period in time where they won the division three years in a row, the first team to ever do that in the NFC South. And during that time frame, they want, They went to the playoffs four out of five years. The Carolina Panthers are not that far removed from having an MVP caliber quarterback. So Panther fans do have a right to be upset, but are they overreacting after two weeks? Yes, I do think that's the case. And Exhibit A, Carolina Panther fans are asking for Thomas Brown to take over the play calling. My only question to all of that, and I put this out on Twitter last night, and you know, I just went ahead and muted the conversation because I just, I just didn't want to do it then. But my only question is, what good would that do? What good would Thomas Brown calling the plays do? Is that going to fix the clear deficiencies out wide that I told you all about back in April, is that going to suddenly make Adam Thielen 26 again? Is DJ Chark going to suddenly be healthy and be back to a Pobo level? Is Jonathan Chark going to suddenly be a veteran player in the NFL? Is, like, what good is that going to do? And you understand that Thomas Brown and Frank Reich collaborated when it came to putting together this offense, some of the concepts that Thomas Brown had in Los Angeles under Sean McVay, he's brought to Carolina. We haven't really seen him, so I understand why people would be like, what the hell? Where's the Rams offense that we were asking for? I don't see um, Cooper Cup out there. I don't see prime Todd Gurley. Don't see Matthew Stafford so far. Like I'm kind of, We're kind of missing the, uh, those guys. We don't see Bobby Trees. When he was healthy, we haven't seen Odell Beckham Jr. when he was healthy. We're missing those weapons, by the way. So they collaborated. And Frank Reich came out and said Monday night that, yeah, we we built this offense together. There's a lot of communication. It's not just me. He might be the primary play caller. But they're all handling the offensive game plan throughout the week. Just on Sundays, it's Reich wearing the headset, calling the plays. But you have to imagine there is input from all angles there on the offensive coaching staff come game day. But through two weeks, it has not looked good. So Thomas Brown takes over. How is that going to change anything? How is that going to make the wide receivers better? How is that going to help out Bryce in the run game? I just don't see how that changes anything. You have to change the personnel. The personnel is not good enough. It's not going to be good enough. It can certainly be better than what it's been because I do not think they're that bad, but I do not think that they are good. I don't even think that they are average. This is a below average skill position group here in Carolina. And with that, this is what you get early on in the season as they're still trying to understand what they're being asked to do and understand each other as an offensive collective. So I do not see how putting in Thomas Brown is going to change anything when you don't have the requisite talent at wide receiver. And yes, there's questions and Kendrick's got one right here pretty much asking the same thing. It is very clear that the offense is doing something terribly wrong. Ain't that the damn truth? We all can see that the wide receivers can't get much separation, but considering we have the quote-unquote, the Avengers of coaching staff, isn't it time that one of these experienced football geniuses schemes the players into advantageous situations? Could it be as simple as change the play caller, or is it just a bad matchup scheme and talent? I guess I'm a sicko because I'm still planning on watching every single game, believing that we have a chance. Now, you're a sicko, Kendrick, because you listen to me on a daily basis. That what makes you a sicko, and maybe even sicker for watching the Panthers. But because you have that passion and you're a sicko, is why I do this in Well, I appreciate all of you. I've heard this. I got people telling me this last night. Oh, there's a thing called scheming guys open. All right, sure, man. But McVay's not calling plays. Shanahan's not calling plays. Thomas Brown will be a first-time play caller. You guys understand that, right? You you do understand. He's been a running backs coach and a tight end coach. He'll be a first-time play caller. So maybe Frank Reich is doing the right thing by calling the plays for now, trying to get this thing off the ground, which it clearly isn't. And he said on Monday that when the time is right, he will pass over the play calling to Thomas Brown. He has said that from the beginning that he will start off calling plays. And at some point in time, it will be Thomas Brown. When he believes the team and Brown are ready. And he was asked, okay, is this the best thing for the team? He said he would do what's best for the team. And right now what he thinks the best thing for the team is for him to call plays. So if that's what he believes... And just looking at the personnel, I'm not going to sit here and disagree. Like, something needs to change. I just don't know if changing the play callers, when it's the same offensive system, is going to change anything at all. The players just aren't good enough. So, scheming them open, yeah, that's great. That makes sense. Try and make it happen. But at some point in time, your receivers have to get separation. And they could not do that last night against New Orleans. They didn't do a great job against the Falcons either. They have to get separation. If they can't get separation, you can try and scheme it up as best you can, but you're always going to be limited. That is an issue. So right now the Panthers have receivers that cannot get separation and are not consistently catching the football and making plays and helping out the rookie quarterback. Now the organization did Bryce no favors by putting this drek around him to start off his rookie year and probably for the remainder of his rookie year they will have to address this in the offseason i'm going to talk about it later on the show because there's some questions i don't know what really they can do in season now that they're here and we see what what it is but i do think that it will get better with time because look at the injuries Chark missed time Phelan's had his own issues Terrace Marshall, I don't know why LaVisca Chenault was not involved, but he had a concussion. The offensive line missing two linemen that are starters. Like, it's going to take some time. And I had told y'all going into it, you got to be patient. It's going to take time for this offense to really get clicking and hopefully after the bye week, as they built momentum towards it in the first six games, that they can come out and start looking like a far more cohesive unit. But so far, you haven't seen it. Defensively, they're blessed that they still have Jeremy Chen, They have, well, they had Shaq Thompson. They had JC Horn, but Brian Burns, Derek Brown, Xavier Woods coming back. Like they're not having to fill so many holes. They're not having to rebuild everything from the bottom up. That's what the offense is doing. So you got to give them a little bit more time before you're saying change the play caller when really the problem isn't the scheme or the coaching. It's the personnel. That's what I'm looking at as far as the real problem here in Carolina. So go ahead. Call for Frank Reich's head as far as he shouldn't be the play caller. Put in Thomas Brown. I'm sure that will change so much about the Carolina Panthers' wide receivers' inability to get open and to make any sort of plays at a high level in the National Football League. All right, so... Let's move on here. Uh, another question about the offense when we come back. Also, some questions about the defense. All that and more here on this weekly Wednesday mailbag edition of Locked On Panthers. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting to waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay is guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week. And last week, if you listen to the show and you listen to Vinny, you would have taken T Higgins, who had a big day this week. You need to take Ravens rookie wide receiver, Zay Flowers, who I absolutely loved at Boston College. He had a fine debut in week one before a modest week two against the Bengals. But Flowers will go into full bloom while cruising to a big game against a weak Colt secondary at home in week three. Flowers will be schemed open, novel concept, as Baltimore's new-look passing game continues to find more life. Lamar Jackson, Vinny Iyer from Lockdown Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com motors. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. I love y'all, man. I truly do. Love the passion. I love the spirit. I uh, would not have any success doing this podcast if no one uh, cared about the team and if no one listened. So I am certainly appreciative of all of that. I am just asking some of y'all to get a grip. You got, I don't want to say the R word because I know when you tell someone the five letter R word, they don't do what that word means. Instead, they get more upset. So I'm not going to say that. Just going to tell you to, you know, ooza, breathe a little bit. And that might have also been kind of like the R word where then you get upset. So let's move on. More questions um, about the offense. Steven, who asks, What do you contribute to the lack of downfield passing game? Is it play calling Bryce Young or wide receivers not getting open? It's a crucial part of the game that prevents opposing teams from stacking the box on our offense. And this was something that was brought up multiple times on the broadcast last night. Like Dan Orlovsky saying, oh, they got to take a shot. Got to take a shot. And Lewis Riddick, a former secondary player, is sitting here being like... um. Dan, how are they going to do that when the receivers can't get open? So that's the answer to your question, Steven. the receivers aren't getting open. There was multiple times where it looked like they were trying to take a shot. Last week and on Monday night, and it just wasn't open. The one time where they did launch it down the field – was to DJ Chark and that led to a defensive pass interference penalty. And those are some of the things where you just got to try. I felt like the Patriots in that long run of Tom Brady, some of their best offensive plays were just throwing the ball down the field and then getting a flag because it seemed like every time New England just needed to move the football, needed a break, all Tom Brady had to do was throw it down the field and the refs would bail them out. That's what the Carolina Panthers could try because right now trying to dink and dunk down the field, it ain't working and it's probably not going to work. They're going to have to do something to try and stretch the field. Now, DJ Chark hopefully would be that. He was targeted one time officially last night, but the second time, which is unofficial because there's a penalty, was on that deep shot down the right sideline. Week one, you saw Terrace Marshall get an opportunity on the right sideline. Looked like he quit on the play, according to Robert Smith on the Fox broadcast. There's another overthrow kind of on the, on the seam there on the left with um, Jonathan Mingo, but we haven't seen a lot of them. But I think in large part because... Well, they just haven't been there. You heard Bryce Young say "kill, kill, kill" multiple times last night. Just looking at the defense and you know the pressure that they were trying to at least you know show that they were going to bring, and then Bryce having to change plays. So I, I don't know. It's 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 a lot of things. It's the receivers not being open, probably Bryce not trusting it, maybe the scheme. But I don't even know the scheme right now. I just feel like it's players not executing. Frank Wright came out on Tuesday morning talking about the game on Monday, saying the coach has got to coach better, the players got to execute. A lot of things got to change. It's not just one thing. But when it comes to the passing game, to me, it's the personnel. And maybe it's just preconceived notions, but I looked at the personnel coming to the season, and I felt like they would be an issue. And after two games, they've been an issue. So, yes, I am going to lean on that's the problem more than the coaching staff and the rookie quarterback who needs some freaking help on the outside? All right, now let's uh, focus on the defense. As unfortunately, it is official. Shaq Thompson uh, suffered a broken fibula on Monday night. It was fairly obvious if you saw the play where Deshaun Williams just threw Trevor Penning on Shaq Thompson's uh, right ankle as he was trying to get up after the play was effectively over. And it's awful to see that he gets carted off. You knew right then and there he was done. And Frank Reich said last night, significant. I mean, we we knew. So they they say that oh, there's a chance he could come back. He ain't coming back. He he broke his leg. He's done for the year. And the Carolina Panthers are just kind of have to live without their uh, heart and soul of that defense in the middle there, in um, Shaq Thompson and Nathan. Now asking how did the Panthers kind of move on without Shaq? He said, "How are you feeling about the core defense moving forward with Shaq out? Currently, still would love to see more impact from Derek Brown. Frankie Louvo had a hell of a game though. Okay, Derek Brown." Had a good game. He had seven tackles. That was uh, third most on the team last night. Had eight the week before, including a sack against the Falcons. He also played 72 of the 77 defensive snaps. And that's one of the things, too. When you look at this team, when we talk about depth, if Derek Brown has to play that many snaps in a game through a 17-game season, that is not a good thing for the Carolina Panthers. Someone else has to step up. He cannot play that amount of snaps. But when you have LeBron Ray and Nick Thurman as your backups – I don't really know how much you can truly depend on them to give you quality snaps. Like Derek Brown, out of necessity, is going to have to play that much. And if that's the case, that's difficult. Now, you only get 53 guys on the roster in the NFL, so you can only have so many defensive linemen. But you look at New York, the Jets, you look at San Francisco and a guy in Dallas, the kind of guys they can rotate in and out there. That's really the difference between the Panthers and some of the better defenses in the league. And this has been a very good defense so far, but I do have my concerns moving forward, knowing that Shaq is out. And had someone uh, today who was telling me, like, oh, hey, you know, Kamu came in and he, you know, didn't really feel like there's that much drop off. I thought Kamu Gurieho played really well last night. Had six tackles, had a sack, and he's someone who, arguably, according to a lot of people who are down there in Spartanburg, was probably the best player during training camp, and Shaq Thompson, had came out and said, "We got to find a way to get this guy in the field." Now, of course, I don't think Shaq meant, "Let me get hurt and have Kamu come in here and take my spot." But it's good to have someone who has started at the NFL level. It's also good to have Dion Jones. On the practice squad, who I expect to be signed to the active roster sometime this week. You already have an answer in-house. Frank Reich was asked about it on Tuesday, what they were planning on doing. He didn't want to answer, as they, of course, already have a preliminary plan. I imagine it's Deion Jones being signed to the active roster, but only time will tell whether that actually happens. They'll probably have to bring in somebody else to fill that spot on the practice squad. Uh, but they're like in a decent spot. Like They're going to have an injury to any position group. and At the starting position, it was linebacker was the one for it to occur. Like, corner, C.J. Henderson played every snap last night. I don't think he even played bad. Like, the Alave catch, that's one of the first times where it's been like, yeah, I mean, you just got to tip your cat cap. I don't really know if you can blame Henderson on that one at all. Uh, but he played fairly well. But the, but inside linebacker, with well, Frankie, the way he played last year, Shaq, how he's been consistent for you into knowing that Kamu, Grier Hill, and Deion Jones have both played a lot of snaps in the league as starters, not overly concerned about that group. But I will say, man, like – to the guy who was telling me, oh, like, it's not that much of a drop-off, yada, yada, yada. We'll see how things look moving forward, especially as the Panthers have already given up 130-plus on the run, on the ground back-to-back weeks. We'll see how it looks with Shaq being one of your primary run-stoppers there at linebacker. And it's not like Frankie can't do it or, or Kamu can't either. But understand it, nobody, none of the 32 teams in the NFL at any point during Kamu, or Hills, anything like six or seven years, have ever asked that dude to be a starter and paid him starter money. No one's ever done that. The Panthers have paid Shaq Thompson a healthy amount of money to be a starter at middle linebacker. No one in the NFL has ever asked Kamu Hill to be their starter and then to give him requisite starter money. So just understand how the league looks at him, how the Panthers looked at him, and how the league and the Panthers look at Shaq Thompson. Like, there was going to be a drop-off. We're just going to have to wait and see how big of a drop-off it is, but it is good to have experienced depth there at inside linebacker. Um, another question here. About the defense, and this one was interesting. Jeremy Chen only played 35% of snaps last night. Do you like the idea of increasing Chen's role or trading him? Do you think either realistically happens? Well, increasing his role has to happen. I am like a little surprised. Now, he played 73% of the snaps during week one against the Falcons. So far, he has 10 tackles, one tackle for loss. And Darren Gann of Panthers.com did write this, and, um, the summary of the snap count that I was out there on Tuesday afternoon, uh, that many of Chen's sub-packages were plays that were alongside Thompson as a quasi-linebacker. As we know, Chen played a lot of linebacker. Well, primarily, that's all he did was play linebacker, really, his rookie year back in 2020. Does he potentially supplement that for the Panthers? And it's interesting, too, because they brought in Von Mel for Chen to be in more of a playmaking role. But so far, at least through two weeks, it hasn't seemed like he's been – in that much of a role like if you only play at 35% of snaps and I get it, the game plan changes week in a week out so the game plan last night probably had him out there with Thompson but when things change then I guess the Panthers kind of change their game plan either way Chin's got to be out there more and if they're not going to utilize him then I just don't understand that now trading him like that could be something the Panthers could look at if you want to get draft picks back uh, for this upcoming year he's someone who needs to be paid along with Brian Burns, who's still waiting on his money. Derek Brown's going to need to be taken care of. The Panthers are going to have to invest in wide receivers this offseason. So I just think he needs to be more involved. I don't want to trade Jeremy Chen. I think he's a good player. I'm still here. Here's the thing that you guys could do. I'm still willing to be patient and give it some time to see what it's going to look like in this defense through the course of the season. Like I'm willing to do that with Jeremy Chen. And not completely freak out because he played only 35% of the staffs and things could have changed because Shaq Thompson went down with an injury. Overall, I still think it's going to be a good defense, but the attrition of the season is already wearing on them. Don't know what the issue with Brian Burns is. Injury report will come out on Wednesday. Hopefully, he's not on it. If he is, we'll see how significant it is. Uh, but I am concerned when you already have, like, let's go. I mean, look, Marquise Haynes is on IR and who knows when he's going to come back. You got Shaq Thompson done for the season, J.C. Horn potentially done for the, m- the season, at least the majority of the season. Henry Anderson's already on IR, and he I don't know if they had injury settlement with him or not yet. I haven't even seen anything about that. But the injuries are already stacking up, especially some key players on that defense, and you can only do so much when you lose your top corner, when you lose your top linebacker. You cannot afford any more injuries. So I think it can still be a good defensive unit, They just need to get some help from the offense by not being on the field all night. And also, they just got to be able to avoid any sort of major injuries. And some of the guys that step up need to not afford a big drop-off when they do get an opportunity. All right, we'll take one more quick break here on the show. Then I'll come back and answer the rest of your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions right here on Locked On Panthers, I don't always play fantasy football or any fantasy sports, but when I do, I go over to Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun you'll have, winning up to twenty-five times your money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less under projected stats, and place your entries. Test your skills on Prize Picks this football season. It's the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn ten dollars into two hundred and fifty with just a few taps. Prize Picks is really simple to play you can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds quick withdrawals easy gameplay and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes price picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to PricePix.com slash locked nfl and use code locked nfl for a first deposit match up to 100 that's pricepicks.com slash locked nfl and use code lockdown nfl for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: A few more questions here on this weekly Wednesday Mailbag edition of Locked On Panthers. And I really honestly feel like this is perfect timing. Like considering it's a Monday night football game, there were a few things I could have said on a standalone show that I typically do, like the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, but we'll get back to that next Tuesday. Uh, when the Carolina Panthers are coming off of that game against Seattle. Fingers crossed a win, but good timing to have y'all answer or ask me a lot of questions uh, coming off of the Panthers' first two weeks of the season and that Monday night loss against the Saints. Now over to James, uh, north of the border in Canada, he's saying, Am I crazy, or should the Panthers have kept the draft capital slash DJ Moore and added to a mediocre roster instead of giving up much of what we got from CMC to add a quarterback to a team bereft of talent slash playmakers, then draft a stud in 2024? Now, let me me remember correctly. The Carolina Panthers swapped first-round picks this year, and they gave up their second-round pick, which they got from San Francisco. It was the the later one they got from San Francisco. They also gave up their first-round pick uh, next year. And 2025 they gave up a second-round pick in DJ Moore. So the only thing they gave away from that McCaffrey trade was that second-round pick. And the point of the McCaffrey trade was always to put the Panthers in position so that they could trade up for a quarterback. So I don't have an issue with them doing that. Now, as far as, you know, should they have just – built this, and then got a quarterback next year where you look at Caleb Williams, there's Drake May. I guess Shader Sanders is being talked as a first-round guy. I, I mean, I think he's been good. I don't see it. Michael Penix Jr. has been awesome at Washington. Like there's, it's it's a fun year of quarterbacks in college football. So if you guys don't watch college football, I really encourage you to do that. Especially the Panthers are going to play like they're playing like a, this on offense this year. I would encourage you to really divert a lot of your attention on Saturdays where the quarterback play has been really fun so far. But you have to bite the bullet at some point in time at quarterback. You cannot wait forever. And what were they going to do? Was this staff going to have Matt Robbie their starter? Was this Front front office gonna have Matt Corral be the starter. Was the owner gonna sign off on that after the last three years? Were they really wanting to sit here and effectively waste a year of this coaching staff with Matt Corral or some other stopgap quarterback before bringing in a quarter? Like what they should have done that back in twenty one. After 2020, when Tepper said, I'm done with Teddy Bridgewater. Get me a new quarterback. Instead of chasing after Stafford and Deshaun, they should have just drafted a quarterback then. But what we found out from that quarterback class, Zach Wilson, bum. Trey Lance didn't really get a chance, but didn't seem to be all that great. Mac McCorkle mm, hasn't really looked that great, y'all. Justin Fields. It doesn't look like it's going all that well in Chicago. So it seems like there was only one quarterback in that draft anyways. You just don't know. We might believe that Caleb Williams is going to be the next great thing. We might feel the same way about Drake May, who I love. But it's not guaranteed. You just got to go out there and do it. Put the best staff you can around him. Players too. And then hope it works. People say it's a crapshoot. I don't know if that's necessarily fair to say it's a crapshoot. It kind of feels lazy. I've said it before. I'm guilty. But you got to do the right things. And the Carolina Panthers, I feel like, are doing it the right way this time around. Where before, I just don't think the coaching staff was right and the infrastructure was right for a quarterback to come in. I do think the coaching staff can be right. And I get it. Rockstar coaching staff spent all this money. Offensively, it hasn't worked out. Well, you know, I think it's more so the personnel than the coaches. Okay, and yeah, can they do a better job coaching him? Obviously. I'm not going to sit here and completely absolve them of any blame, but I'm looking at the guys who are paid to make plays, not making plays. So I don't think that the Panthers should have just wasted another season. Because hey, here's the thing, and I told you all about this coming into the year. The thing I was most interested in about the Panthers this year was not wins or losses. It was the development of Bryce Young. It was being able to see Bryce Young show the signs that he could be The guy of the future. Now, if Bryce is able to show those signs with these dudes, then there should be no concern moving forward, especially whenever the Panthers actually get the guys in place. So, no, I don't think the Panthers should have wasted a season with a quarterback they weren't invested in, with bad playmakers like they already have now, and then, okay, let's now decide to trade up. Fingers crossed. Hope that everything here is going to work out to where that is the guy long term. They needed to go ahead and do it. They wasted three years of rule. They were chasing after all these quarterbacks. They looked like a complete joke, unserious franchise. They needed to do it. So I had no issue with them trading up and getting their quarterback. Now, I didn't feel like any of these guys were worth Giving up all that and getting a number one pick, but they felt like they had conviction, which they had, and they love somebody, then I would have totally understand them doing it and honestly wouldn't necessarily begrudge them, even though if I were in the position, I just don't think I'm moving up to number one and giving up all that for a player. So maybe you can say I'm talking out both sides of my mouth, but I told you all that back in March. Like, I just don't think it was worth it. But hey, if that's what they feel like they need to do and they certainly needed to get a quarterback, then by all means, just go out there, get your guy, and do everything you can to do right by him to make things work out. And so far, they have not done that with the skill position players that have around Bryce. But this is not a one-year thing. It's not even a two-year thing. It's at least a three-year thing. So let's see them go fix it in the offseason. And speaking of the offseason and trying to fix this situation, Ian – and Alex both pretty much had the same question in asking with the assets we already traded for Bryce Young, do you think it makes sense to try and trade for a wide receiver one this season, or wait and see how the season plays out and look in the draft and free agency next off season, Alex? Basically the same thing. Bryce clearly doesn't have the weapons on the offense to be successful this year. T. Higgins is an obvious offseason target for the Panthers. Should Scott Fitter try to trade for him before the deadline to give Bryce a weapon this year and give the Panthers a leg up on other teams to lock him up long term. We don't have a first round pick to use on receiver anyway. And our second round pick would likely be used to get another unproven wide receiver. Yeah, that's a tough thing. That is really a tough thing about going back to James McKenna's question. Like it sucks because you gave up those assets. And really, the I don't think you're asking that question, James if the Panthers had a first round pick because if the Panthers look like they have which they have, if they're looking the way they look right now and the Panthers still have their first round pick next year, then people are kind of like, okay, well this sucks. This is not fun at all. Um, but hopefully Bryce can play better. Maybe the team can figure some things out. And then, you know, we can upgrade at wide receiver by drafting Marvin Harrison, junior or whoever out of college in the first round and like the top five, like that's what people would be saying. But because they don't have their first round pick, there's the widespread panic of, oh my God, this is our skill position talent, and we don't have a first round pick to immediately rectify this. And then trading, you already gave up some key assets. Can you even afford to trade for somebody to get that wide receiver? Now, for me, I would be willing to part ways of that 2025 first round pick if it meant getting T. Higgins. And from reading Diana Rossini, who's now at the Athletic, um, from last week, where the Bengals and T. Higgins didn't come to. In terms of an agreement and the Bengals just do not they do not do contracts in the middle of the season. So those negotiations are tabled until March. The Bengals will they will slap, not place, slap the franchise tag onto T Higgins, because you know T Higgins wants his money. He deserves his money. Give that boy his money. So they're gonna slap the tag on him and they're gonna try and figure out where they actually can reach an agreement. But they have to reach an agreement with Jamar Chase as well. And I know Burrow, his contract, he wanted to make sure that all the guys could stay together. But let's be realistic. That's not going to happen. Uh, not long Not long term. Those guys need to get paid. They And I know they want to win a Super Bowl and all that kind of stuff. The, the money is the game, y'all. And they've had experience. And they want to win. But get your money, guys, while you still can. But Jamar Chase needs to be taken care of more so than T. Higgins. So Jamar Chase, I can't see him going anywhere. Now, of course, things break down. They go get Jamar Chase. But T. Higgins seems like the realistic target for the Panthers. And if that means giving up the first rounder in 2025, and maybe another second rounder, then you do it. Because you do not have an avenue to get a first round, but to get a guy that caliber – in the draft in 2024, or really to get someone who can immediately come in and help you. And I think T. Higgins can absolutely do it. So he's a guy I've talked about multiple times on the show as monitoring that situation and seeing, oh, does T. Higgins want out? Are the Bengals not going to pay him? Can the Panthers bring him in? But, of course, that gets complicated as far as, you know, got Brian Burns' contract, Derrick Brown's contract in the future, maybe Jeremy Chin's contract, all of that, and everything else they need to fix. Like the corner situation. Can't really rely on J.C. Horn. What's Dante's future? Henderson probably gone out this year. You know, linebacker, what are you going to do there long-term? Frankie Louvu, who's about to have a monster season. He's a free agent. There's a lot of things to figure out financially where it's just not as simple as, oh, hey, go trade for T. Higgins. But I do think that's, like, a priority to go out there and try to get a receiver. Not try but to get a wide receiver, one, to help your quarterback in Bryce Young. So, I don't think it's going to happen midseason. If the Panthers felt like they were going to contend for the division and really thought they had a good football team, they would not have settled on this crop of receivers, truly. And it's not like, as I mentioned multiple times, I probably brought this up last night on the show, they did not have a great wide receiver market to even pick from. So, this is kind of what it's going to be. It will get better. It, they're not this bad. They're not good, but they're not this bad. It will get better. So we'll see how that works out. But I do not think they're going to be able to add and upgrade this position uh, during the season. Wouldn't think it would make a lot of sense to do it. And like the Bengals, they're not trading T. Higgins now. They're trying to win a Super Bowl, man. So in the offseason, if things aren't going to work out, then they're going to slap the tag on them, trade them, and get some assets back. That would make way more sense. Final question coming from uh, Kurt who's asking me, are we allowed to properly criticize Taylor Moten yet? He got pushed around all night by the Saints. Now, according to Pro Football Focus, because I really did not see Taylor Moten struggle. I know the right side had some leakage. Uh, but according to Pro Football Focus, through two weeks, Taylor Moten is the Carolina Panthers' highest graded offensive lineman. Um, waters also wet. Uh, 71.2 grade so far for Taylor Moten. Ike Ikwano is the second at a 69.8 grade. Bradley Bozeman, 62.4. So, all three of those, not totally surprising, because I said, with the concerns on the interior, those are three guys on the offensive line I was not concerned about at all. would like for Bozeman's grade to be better. The other guys, though, Cade Mays, who got to start at right guard. The only time he's played so far this season, so this is his PFF grade last night and for the season so far, 49.2, abysmal. He was replaced by Calvin Throckmorton, who got a 48.9, again, abysmal. And then, that means... Someone else who started the first two games, one at right guard, the other left guard, has a worse grade than those two guys. Chandler Zavala, fourth round pick at NC State right now, his grade is a 39.1. Not great. Offensive line play, not good so far in the interior at those guard spots because Mays, Throckmorton, and Zavala all have sub 50 grades and all have not. Been good, according to Pro Football Focus. So it's hard to sit here. I'm not. I'm not offensive line Twitter. I'm not like Cole Kublik. I'm not Jeff's uh, San, or was Michael Junior or or Jeff. Uh, what is Jeff's last name? You know what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm not those guys. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh yeah, I got all offensive line stuff broken down. But I mean, I I kind of can see enough. Like I don't hear their names too many times. It means they're probably playing well. Uh, but the PFF guys right here are saying that Mays, Drockmore, and Zavala have been bad. So that's gonna be tough to overcome. So I'm gonna maybe you know, criticize those guys, even though they're young, before I'm gonna look at Taylor Moten, who's been a constant, and say that, oh man, that guy's playing bad. Like I'm I'm not here to criticize Taylor Moton when that is how your guards are playing right now through the first two weeks of the season. But that's gonna wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Painters Podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, hosted by yours Julie. Julian Council, again guys, make sure to subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where, again, next Wednesday, I'll be right back here answering your weekly Wednesday mail bad questions, either at me or DM me to get those questions into me now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole, and please, God, please be happy and keep pounding. And I'll talk to you on Thursday as it's a crossover Thursday edition with whoever does the Seahawks show, because I don't even know their name. Goodbye.